welcome to The Good Dirt. Today you're in for a treat. This week's episode is just my mom and I chatting about the season and some fun things going on at Lady Farmer. And we'll be back next week with another interview we can't wait to share with you. So enjoy this week's episode and we'll see you around. Thanks so much for being here. You're listening to The Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty-gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. What are some of the things that you want to talk about today? What are you excited about? Today is the super flower blood moon, full moon. And a lunar eclipse, which happened a little earlier this morning. Uh, we couldn't really see it here because the moon set before it happened. Also, it's very cloudy in our area. But I think people in the western United States and certainly in Australia are getting a real treat right now um, with this fabulous phenomenon. It is uh, May 26th as we're recording this. So that... May 26th is this month's full moon, and it just happens to be this, this event that's going on right now. So why else is it exciting to you? I've been really tuned into the moon lately, paying a lot more attention, especially as it pertains to gardening. And the changing of the phases of the moon, with the full moon now we're entering the third phase or the dark phase of the moon and it really changes what you're going to do in the garden we went from from two weeks of the light of the moon where you plant above ground things all the flowers and roots and vegetables and all kinds of things and now you go underground the, the bulbs the roots the the beets and the potatoes and that sort of thing. So I've been paying a lot of attention to that, and I, I've even delved into it more, getting into the the signs. Like this, the moon rotates through the entire zodiac during the month. So and it shifts every day or two or three, and according to whatever sign the moon is in, is what is appropriate to plant or when you'll have the best luck with something or. When is the best time to put in seeds and that sort of thing. So I've been paying a lot of attention to it. And so have you totally been following it exactly or have you had to go off at all for any reasons? I've been pretty close this time because I've been very intentional about it because it's like an experiment. I want to see yeah. what happens. So I've been really trying to stick with it. In the past, I've been like, oh, well, this is not such a good day, but I got to get it in. So this year I've been a little more um, disciplined about waiting and I've learned a couple things about it and I think we talked about this before on here but it is a real natural um, kind of 
scheduler or pacing. So there are days when you really should not plan because you're in one of the barren signs. And it's really nice to give yourself that break and not feel the pressure of getting things in the ground. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And then you can also plan. Like you can look ahead and say, oh, okay, on this day the moon's in Libra. That's a really good day for flowers. And you can plan that. And I have actually done that. Like things have come up. Like, can you do such and such on this day? And I'm like, no, that is my flower planting day. And I have a ton of flowers to plant. And that's when I'm going to do it. So it's, um, it's actually, I think, helped me this year. It's helped me get things in. So what are you using to like, like, do you have an actual like paper calendar you've written down and you know, or using the Lady Farmer moon calendar that we made? Like, how are you? We do have a moon ca moon calendar in the almanac. It gives you the the basics of um, the light moon and the dark moon phases, and when to plant and when to harvesting and real things in a very general way. I also am referring to the farmer's almanac. Um, it has a gardening by the moon section in it, and it'll tell you day by day things and when I'm organized I'll get out the month calendar the next couple of weeks and actually write on the day what it's a good day for but if I haven't done that if I haven't gotten it onto my calendar first of all I look in the farmer's almanac to see where the moon is on that certain day and then I'll go to this these books that I have and read what the authors say about those signs and what's a good thing to do about those signs and I've I've, I've learned so much. They actually That's discuss so cool. each sign and why. It's not that simple. It's not just, oh, this is a good day for that. It's 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 actually quite nuanced and um, complex, but I'm starting to understand it, spending more time with it, sort of letting it sink in. In the past, I've just given a glance at the schedule on the Farmer's Almanac to say, oh, this is a good day for that. And I followed it, but now I'm delving more into why and what is behind those those instructions. That's so cool. Is there anything that comes to mind specifically that you can share about something that you've learned about why? Yeah, they're the fruitful signs and they're the barren signs. The most fruitful sign is cancer, the crab. Because the crab rules the breast and the stomach, and it is a water sign. Now, I'm not sure, I don't understand why it rules the breast and the stomach. So cancer is really good for germination and growth and nurturing. And because it rules the breast, for a reason I don't really understand why the crab would rule the breast, but it, that reflects the, the nurturing and growing aspect of, of life, like, you know, the mother nurses her child on the breast and, and it grows. So that's so interesting. It's also yeah. really interesting because it's like, um, while there might not actually be like science to like back it up, as you said, even if it's just almost like storytelling that creates this like structure and schedule that's paced out in a way that makes sense. That in and of itself is helpful. 
Uh, yeah, it like, is. That you have days that you're planting, days that you're not planting, days when you're focused on certain types of plants, days when you're focused on other types of plants, or else like, you know, it would just be really, I'm just trying to think back when, before people had Google <laughs> and like how you figured it out, your maximum yield and efficiency. Yeah. And a lot of it, you know, was very, what well, was it oral, you know, it was just, you talked around the neighborhood about what it's a good day for this and you passed it down to your children. And it was just, it was more of an oral tradition, I think, than anything. And I, I've actually had trouble finding a lot of information about it. <clears throat> and I, years ago, I ran across um, these two books written by the same guys, um, Jack Pyle and Taylor Reese. And one is called Raising with the Moon, The Complete Guide to Gardening and Living by the Signs of the Moon. And the other one is called You and the Man in the Moon, The Complete Guide to Using the Almanac. And it explains all this. And this is what I've been referring to. You asked for some examples like uh, cancer is the most... Um, fruitful growing sign and conversely leo is the least fruitful growing sign it's a fire sign and so fire is hot and dry and destroys things so you don't want to plant during leo um mm. when the moon's in leo that's the time that you want to to weed or get things out that you don't want to grow so that's the kind of thing. And then the, uh, there's the masculine and fem feminine aspects of the signs, which inform their role. And there's just so many layers to it. Um, and I'm just beginning to delve into it. I'm not an expert, but I'm discovering that there's not a lot of people out there that really, um, you know, practice this in depth anymore. It's cool too, because we've, Something we've been working on in the almanac is um, like structure around the things that we're looking to cultivate. Yeah. Um, and that's like kind of exactly what this is. I love that aspect of it, that it provides a framework and a structure. And Absolutely. Of course, it's not all scientifically based, but I imagine that there are some parts of it that do align with scientific reasons for doing things like temperature and water levels or well, something I don't know that do have to do with the moon <laughs> yeah water is a big part of it I feel like gardening by the moon and paying attention to the moon and the phases and all of this is so aligned with slow living through the seasons and here it is I've been doing this uh, pretty um, conscientiously over the last couple of months more aware than ever uh, of the full moon and what's going on and uh um the eclipse and not that i know that much about it but oh today's an eclipse and today's the full moon and it's cloudy that we and we can't see it or it was really bright coming in the window last night that kind of thing just mm -hmm. really kind of paying attention to it so that's, that's so cool. yeah so the moon the moon what else are you thinking about well there at the farm I don't know if you can hear it or not. I've got the window wide open, but can you hear a sound out there in the trees? Maybe not. Well, I hear a lot of beautiful birds, <laughs> but if you are, if you are asking if I can hear the cicadas, I don't think I can hear them through your window. I can't quite hear them 
right now where I am because my window's closed. But if I were to open the window, I would be able to hear. It's like a low hum. Yeah. In the background. It's like a murmuring, like a bubbling sound. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we are experiencing the emergence of 17 year cicadas. And oh, I've just been enjoying it so much and so fascinated by it. It's, um, it's just a marvel. And talk about living in sync with nature and immersing yourself in nature. It feels like the cicada emergence is a kind of immersion because the sound is just all around you. It's just magical. I guess we're maybe in our second week of it. At first, we started um, just seeing the little shells around and then you would hear the sound a little bit out there somewhere, but it feels like it moves closer and closer. When you get out, like, like we have some trees around our house, but when you get out in the trees, like walking through the woods, out into the meadow and that sort of thing, it's like, it's all around you. It's just amazing. And it undulates, it comes and goes, it gets louder and softer and louder and softer. And I notice it way more during the day, I think they kind of quiet down at night. And in the morning, when I get up and go out on the porch with my coffee, it's really loud. So what are you hearing there in the city? Yeah, I think it's similar. I, I mean, I am in the city, but I'm actually in, a, in an area where there are quite a bit of trees. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed even when I walk around our neighborhood and around our block, um, like it's really loud, this one part where there's a lot of trees. And then I'll go closer to the road and where there's more traffic and I don't know if it's because the traffic drowns it out or there are literally less. So I know very little about them, but I, it seems to me like there are more where there are more trees, which I guess makes sense. Um, and yeah, I would say that, that it does seem louder at certain times of the day too, and definitely quieter at night. That's interesting. I hadn't really put that together, but that's totally right. That's been my experience. Um, I will say there's been a lot of talk about it and it's like been really built up mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's going to get more intense or there's going to be more, but it really doesn't, <laughs> it really doesn't feel like it's like all that, you know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. It's if it's still early or what, but it doesn't seem that like I, I had heard the word overwhelming a lot. Like it's an overwhelming sound and they're everywhere. And there are certainly a lot of cicadas like all over the place, but I'm, I have overwhelmed is not a word I would use to describe my experience yet. I think it's in how you look at it because I can see how people might be overwhelmed by walking outside. And um, for instance, there might be just everywhere you see all these shells on your on your grass or on a bush or something all these little the little skeletons that they leave when they crawl out of their their i think it's called an exoskeleton i'm not sure so and that's kind of like whoa um and then they're big you know like they're an inch and a half to two inches long and if they're flying around and they get on you and they they don't seem particularly afraid of people. And so you might, you might have one like fly in your face or something. And there might be a lot of them. I can see how that would be described as overwhelming. To me, it's fascinating. I don't have that attitude about it. I want to see them. I want to hear them. So I, I guess it's just all in how you look at it. 
And also, we've been anticipating it. You know, we've been talking about it yeah. for a few weeks. Like, when are they coming? When are they coming? Also, I was thinking um, about last time, like 17 years ago, last time they came out was yeah. like before social media and like before you were on the internet all day reading clickbait articles. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of interested in like the effect of like, all of these like, you know, memes and like things and people talking about it just like for weeks and weeks, not even on like social media, social media, but on like our neighborhood listserv or like the next door app, people just like, yeah, all spring have just been like anticipating these cicadas and talking about them. And it's like been really, really built up. And I, I wonder if, you know, in the past, or definitely the last time this happened, there wasn't that. And so maybe it was a more like individual experience and you had a lot less expectation around it. Um, there might've been a newspaper article or two about it or maybe on the news, but like we're just bombarded with like images and other people's ideas that build up these expectations. So I've thought, I've thought a little bit about that too. And per some of our recent conversations on here too, about social media, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and it's also really interesting how it it's paralleling the emergence of all of us sort of out of this year plus of being isolated and not going places and not gathering. There is a real sense of emergence out there for, of people. Do you do you feel that as well? Yeah, definitely. And it definitely feels like it's back to quote unquote normal even though everyone knows it's not yeah, you know, things really normal, but um, or getting there, but it, does, it feels like a celebration. Yeah, and you know this the emergence of the cicadas. I've been reading about them. Um, you know they they live underground literally for seventeen years, and then they they come out and they're they're above ground for maybe five or six weeks before they die. And the articles I've been reading kind of describe it as like a celebration of um of life you know they're finally coming out coming above ground after all these years of being in hibernation and so all this excitement about the emergence of these cicadas and to your point it seems like we're hearing more about it than we ever heard before and at the same time there's a sense of emergence of our our culture and for instance um last night there was a very spontaneous gathering at our neighboring farm rockland's farm where a bunch of us got together and had an outdoor meal, just like we did like just years and years ago. We're talking about eight and nine years ago when they first opened up and started doing this sort of thing, the farm to table dinners. And um, we had a gathering last night and it was, wow, I really felt the sense of um, we're back. We're back seeing each other and catching up with people and in a real way not just on zoom and it felt so it felt glorious it really did so there's just a real sense of 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 return and these beautiful creatures are sort of bringing us more into that experience so i love that and something else about the cicadas that that i want to reflect on here um is that it feels so nostalgic to me as a child being you know outside a lot and you know running around my experiences are very much tied to those sounds and 
we always had some sort of cicadas or or uh, crickets or I'm not sure what all species there were, but you know all the insect sounds of summer just really um, take me back. And I remember, like you know, we used to play after dinner. We'd go outside and we'd play kick the can, hide and seek, or whatever. And someone would kick the can, and you'd run off to hide somewhere. So you were crouched in the bushes, and you you probably had your face down in the grass, or you were just low to the ground, and you you were just really close to the dirt, and the sounds were there, and that's what it takes me back to. Oh, <laughs> and then you know, like as a child, being just really immersed in the the environment like that so very nostalgic to me and something we used to do is one type of insect i'm not sure what it was they would show up in early summer about this time and we would get a string and tie it around their leg and let them fly around and it would be like a little little helicopter thing on a string (laughs) and we just we called them june bugs um and when I first met your dad and told him that, he couldn't believe it. He was, like, horrified. <laughs> and, but um, he married me anyway. And we used to just, yeah, we, we would get the little shells. And they, you know, they, they had little sticky feet, those, those shells. You've probably seen them. And we'd put them on our shirt and wear them around like a brooch. Like, if you found one, that was really cool. Right. You'd put on your shirt and wear it around all day. So <laughs> like a brooch. <laughs> yeah, the brooch That's is awesome. A, I didn't, we called them June bugs. I don't know. I think they were some kind of cicada or cricket or something. I really don't know. But and then there are the July flies. You know, we always talk about the July flies. Um Yeah. We had those in Georgia. It's a certain sound. Yes, and we have them here. It's a certain sound, and I'm sure it's a species that comes out right, it's very precise, right about like, you know, the last couple of days of June, right at the beginning of July, and it ushers in that sound. And again, it brings back all these memories. It brings back, you know, Fourth of July memories. It brings back going to the pool. So these sounds are like deep in us, you know. Um, so I'm loving this experience, and I think they're just beautiful and magical, and feel like I'm, you know, I'm out there walking around in the woods. It almost feels like some kind of spell. It's, it's very mesmerizing yeah. and actually relaxing. Sitting on the porch and makes you want to take a nap and just sort of sink into it. It's lovely. So, and then something else that's really mm-hmm. magical and mesmerizing too. This happens every summer. Is the especially out at the farm when the fireflies come in in like a tree line. And they're all there and they all kind of like glow up at the oh. same time and like they oh. twinkle. It's really, really amazing looking. Yes. That's another thing that happens around June, in June. They go up in the trees and that's their, that's when they mate and they gather in the trees and they, they're flashing. They fill it up and it's like flashing. It's like there's flashing lights in the trees. It is yeah. really remarkable. So, yeah, that's like the best fireworks show ever pull out a chair you know 10 11 o'clock on a dark june night and face the tree line and oh boy it is a show amazing yeah yeah that's right 
Well, speaking of coming out and celebrations, we have a really exciting celebration coming up. Um, not quite in person yet. We haven't gone that far yet. We will eventually. Uh, but we are doing an, an online intensive coming up in mid-June, June 19th called Celebrating the Sun, an Afternoon of Natural Dyes, Mindful Movement, and Meditation. And I'm really excited about this workshop, Mom. You've spent uh, you've spent a lot of time really sort of putting this together and a lot of intention behind the idea of it and the idea of the afternoon. And do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, it's going to be on the eve of the summer solstice. Um, which is on June 19th, and we're going to explore our connection with the seasons, slow living through the seasons, through a really simple bundle dyeing activity, and use that as our meditation. We're going to do it slowly and mindfully and be guided through um, placing the dye stuffs on the cloth and witnessing what happens. And then we'll be doing some mindful movement. We'll be doing some sun salutations to welcome the sun, of course. Some breath work and some deep relaxation. And then, after all that, um, we'll actually be doing an overview of natural dyes and techniques, the equipment you need, resources, plants, colors. Just kind of an overview of this is what natural dyes is all about. Um, this is why it's, it's part of, it can be a part of your slow living lifestyle journey. Then it, um, towards the end, we will, <clears throat> we will each reveal our own bundle dies and see what we all come up with. It's always a surprise what your bundle die looks like. It's still going to be online. So, so you can join us from wherever you are. Although if you have internet access to an outside spot or near a window that yeah. would probably be best um in our wildest dreams we're all on a deck together somewhere out in the woods uh one day but bundle dyeing is a really wonderful place to start if you haven't done natural dyeing before and if you have um you've probably done bundle dyeing and it's just so fun and it's so fun to do it in community i've only ever done it like as a group activity with other people and that's really special too. We actually did it in person at our retreat two years ago. Remember, Mom? Um, yeah, I believe were those marigolds we used, or some kind of yellow or orange flower. Well, people gathered things. I think they actually. Are you talking about when we were at Zigbone? Yeah. Yeah. No, they went out and got stuff. <clears throat> yeah, leaves and stuff. So, yeah. So. This is a little different from your typical workshop where you're just learning the steps to get a result. It's more like an immersion in the moment of the process. You'll get the focused experience and you'll learn about natural dyeing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so if I you come you'll... to a retreat, same vibes. It'll be like a mini, a mini little retreat, intensive afternoon. Um, so a, a request that we've had a lot is seasonal retreats. And this might be, we'll kind of see how this goes. Maybe this can be like, you know, our, our spring version of a little taste of the slow living retreat. So we hope that you join us. 
And um, tickets are actually on sale now. They're on the website. And we'll be sending out some more things about it too. <clears throat> but uh, space is limited. So snag your spot. Yeah. And um, tell them about the we're painting. Really, we're really excited. Oh my gosh. Thank you for reminding me. So the thing with natural dyeing that it's really simple and beautiful, but it can be a little bit intimidating if you think about kind of the preparation and what you have to do with the fabric because there's this whole other step of like, you know, you have to you have to prep the fabric basically um, with certain elements. Uh, but for in this case, we've taken care of it for you. If you register for the workshop by June 9th, that's Wednesday, June 9th, that is the best chance that you'll have to receive your bandana on time for the workshop. Uh, we will prep. We're prepping the bandanas for you so that they will take the dye. They'll, they'll take the colors from the flowers uh, better and they'll stick better. And so you'll receive a prepped bandana in the mail from us. It's a white cotton, big square, um, so that you can have all the materials you need. The rest of the materials is just flowers and things that you collect and hot water. So as long as you have those things. This is an amazing process of transferring color from something natural like the flower petals that you've collected around. And in June, there should be a lot of things in bloom. So it's a really great time to do it. Um, or even food scraps like berries and stuff. Um, anything with a bright color and you're transferring it onto a piece of cloth and by, by steaming it. It's just very simple, very beautiful. Um, and just an opportunity to engage for a little bit in a focused presence on a process. So that's the point. So you will, we have the bandanas. They are limited. You might run out. If you do sign up for the class and you end up without um, a, one of our bandanas, it's okay. We'll, we'll tell you what to bring so that you can still have the experience. So, but it, it's the simplest thing is for you just to get this and have it ready to go. So go ahead and sign up. Yeah. If you haven't already, go to our website because it's brand new. Oh, yeah. We've, we've spent <laughs> the last several weeks um, redesigning things, making things hopefully a little faster and a little bit easier to navigate. Um, our original website that we built in 2016 was still there chugging along, and um, sometimes it's just time for updates. So we're really proud of it. Definitely give it a visit if you haven't already, and you can find all of our old podcast episodes and blog posts, and um, we hope that you enjoyed our Indigo pop-up this week. That was really fun, and we hope to do more uh, in the future, so stay tuned for all of those things. We wish you a very fun and beautiful Memorial Day weekend as we usher in at least the cultural beginning of summer. This is a real turning point in the year. I would love to see your experience. If you are in a place where you're experiencing the cicadas, share it with us. Take a picture. Tag us on Instagram. Um, if you are not, if you're in a place where you can see the amazing things that are happening with the moon right now, do the same. We want to see it. Um, if wherever you are and experiencing spring and emerging, um, let us know. We're yes. so excited about this season and we want to share in that with you. So thank you so much for listening and being a part of the good dirt. We will have another 
interview for you next week. We're here every Friday. Sometimes we change it up and it's just us like today. But yeah, we have lots of really amazing conversations in store for you. And we are so grateful to you for listening and supporting the show. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Hope you are fully immersed in the emergence either of your own summer self or the cicadas or the blossoming of your garden or whatever is happening. Um, We wish you a beautiful holiday weekend and we will be talking to you next week. Thank you. you like listening to the good dirt i hope you do because you're here listening to it and are you looking for more good dirt in your life and a community of slow living enthusiasts to connect with all while supporting your favorite sustainable living podcast well We're so excited to offer the Almanac. It's our private, slow-living community network where we share workshops, activities, articles, essays, recipes, and so much more that align with our community's sustainable, slow, seasonal way of living. As a member, you'll have access to information sharing and discussions on numerous topics of interest through online threads and frequent live virtual gatherings. Members receive access to a virtual community of hundreds of other slow-living enthusiasts, as well as Almanac-exclusive events, workshops, recipes, playlists, online gatherings, and a book club. We offer seasonal activities and ongoing discussions on a variety of topics to guide you on your slow living journey. Also included is 10% off the Lady Farmer Marketplace year-round, numerous resources and more, and discounted Lady Farmer events, including the Slow Living Retreat. As a Good Dirt listener, we are excited to offer you 20% off your monthly membership and three months free, which is basically an entire season, if you sign up for the year. So go ahead and go to ladyfarmer.com community to sign up with this special offer just for Good Dirt listeners. Yay. That's ladyfarmer.com community to sign up for 20% off a monthly membership of the Almanac or three months free if you sign up for an entire year. That's ladyfarmer.com community.